and I have been through entirely too much together for me to ever even think about doing anything against you. I didn't think it was you. I just, I just had to make sure you, with all these people that are close to me, it's making me question everything. You understand? I understand. If I were in your position, I'd do the same thing. So we're good? Yeah, we're good. But... In the spirit of honesty... I've got a confession to make. What was the confession? <laughs> Brick! What was the confession? <laughs> You know, you, you know what? Watch. I was you know watch what? with my seat. What's up, you know what, Stephen A? You know what, what Stephen A? What's up, Saturday? This, this, What's up, Saturday? This, up, this Saturday? made me quit. I'm like him. I'm like, it's making me question why I've been on your show uh, on first take, making making ratings, breaking ratings records, and I still ain't got right. the call, the casting call to be on General Hospital because I know oh, I just deserve. I just felt it. I could have. I could be right there. You know what? You know what? See, see, what we got to do is we got to squash the hater raider, right? First of all, a couple of very, very important points to make. Number one, that was a good looking brother right there that was, that was on that screen. That's number one. And, and number two, he looks even better here this morning. I think it's just a point that I, I mean, my Lord, that mercy. I'm not a Hall of Famer, but I damn sure look like one. Number three, you know, a, a doggy, you know. It's the first time, Dougie, I've been on the show for years. You know, a recurring role, Brick on General Hospital. <laughs> I got to admit to y'all, I got, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yesterday's episode with me on General Hospital, of all the years that I've been on, it's the first time I ever looked at myself and said, damn, I think I can act a little bit. I've never felt that way before. Oh I just, I just like doing it. I like having fun. But yesterday, but yesterday's show, if you go back and watch the show, Dougie, oh, yesterday's word. show, because I was on the whole, sh- I was on the whole show. Yesterday's <laughs> show is the first time I looked at myself. I said, "Damn, I, I, I might know how to act a little bit. I, 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 I might know how to do this." I, I, I'm just saying. What? I'm gonna what? take, I'm gonna take a few lessons. I'm gonna take a few lessons and stuff like that. But I, 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 I'm not. I wasn't bad yesterday. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. I don't think Lee Strasberg could fix you at uh, the famous acting school. Let's put it this way, Stephen A. You are not Sidney Poitier in Movies of the Field, okay? No, I'm, you no, I'm not. not. You are not on that level. That was rough. That hey, was a hey, rough hey, doggy. You hey, doggy. Really? Uh, hey, doggy. Hey, doggy. What do you think he was channeling right there to, fi- to, to find that, you know, to find it, to get deep in his soul, in to have that Mine line about the true brick. honesty and where he's coming? What do you think he drew from? Right. Right. It reminded me a hey, little doggy. bit of Red when he went in for his parole hearing and Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I don't give a damn what you do. <laughs> oh my yes, God. That's a good one. That's a good one. And I'm no Morgan Freeman here. Not just Sidney Portier. No Morgan Freeman. No Denzel. I know my lane. But I got I got I got potential. I'm telling y'all that right now. And oh by the way, last point. Last point. To my staff, first of all, my producers did a great job. Thank you, Zed Nick, Brandon, everybody. Thank y'all so much. That's number one. Number two, here's the deal. Hey guys, <laughs> brace yourself. They're creating a love interest for me. Oh, yeah, my. Yeah, you went on a date. That was the last time nah, I talked nah, to you. Nah, you nah, went nah, on a date. Nah, nah, nah. 
Now, now, what I told you, it wasn't a real date, you know what I'm saying? I mean, my dates are better than that. But the point that I'm trying to make to you, my, my girl knows this, but the point that I'm trying to make to you, Jeff Saturday and Doggy, <laughs> is this. I told them, I told them, you know, you know, I just need two things. Number one, if you're going to have a love interest for me, don't have me in no love scene until I tighten up even more. I got to get a lot. I'm tightened up. Now I got to get a little more buff. It's, it's, more off, the that's one. it's off the rails. That's number one. That's number one. That's number one, Jeff Saturday. And number two, I have to confess, I did tell them, you know, let me let me go to the hair club for men and, 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 and fix some things before we, get, we, we go that way. That's all I said. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm good. He's, I'm good. It's too much. Put the plugs in. Going on right now. There it's too much. It's too much. Oh, We've let him. I think I'm gonna be on today too. It's too much. I think I'm gonna be on today too. I think I'm gonna be on today too. General Hospital. Oh, ABC. That's what we'll be doing. Check it out. Check good. it out. <laughs> Check All right, it out. let's uh, go to the NFL, shall we? Quarterback Brock Purdy will be making his first Super Bowl appearance in Super Bowl 58. It's just his second season as a starter. Last year, he led the Niners within a game of the Super Bowl, losing the NFC Championship to the Eagles. All of this after being chosen as the last pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Despite his team success, Purdy has been labeled a game manager by some. Here's what he had to say about that. I feel like that's a compliment. I think that's, you know, you're doing things right mentally, and and obviously you're good enough to be able to hit guys that are open and make plays. Um, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL, and there's not a lot of people that can come in and, and play the quarterback position well in the NFL. It's a hard, it's a hard job. So, um, if you're saying that I'm a game manager and I, I don't look flashy in how I do it, I mean that's your opinion, and that's okay. All right, Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this one because you had an interesting take about Purdy being a game manager this morning on Get Up. What was it? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, when you talk about a game manager, and I don't think it's an insult, so I'm not, I'm not trying to get in that conversation, but here's the deal. If you look at Shanahan and you look at Purdy, Shanahan took a significant chance on Brock Purdy. It was like, hey, we're going to ride. Our three is better than our one. Trey Lansing will be what he is. We're going to move him on. We'll bring in Donald to back him up. But this is going to be our guy we're going to ride with. And what has happened? He's had 20-ish games of stellar performance. Stellar. Like, they win. They go to the NFC Championship game. He doesn't lose. He gets injured, and the team loses because basically McCaffrey is the, is the, it ends up being a quarterback in the NFC Championship game. Go fast forward to coming off the injury, what they've done this year. The guy has put up comparable numbers this season to what Joe Burrow did in his second season in Cincinnati. But because of what Joe Burrow did and how he did it, goes to the Super Bowl, everybody is like, man, the world is on fire. Now, I am not trying to compare Purdy to Joe Burrow. I am trying to say, look at the body of work and appreciate how well he has played to this point. Because he's not managing the game. You don't manage the game in the fourth quarter down to Green Bay when, when Kyle Shanahan's offense is over. Over. I mean, they had never won from where they were sitting. And Brock Purdy goes six of seven, and one was a drop by Kittle, and carries you into a victory to win the divisional game. Fast forward a week, you go and get down to the Detroit Lions by 17 points, whatever, whatever the number was. And you got to cl- climb out of this, this deficit. And who do you rely on? Brock Purdy. Not just his arm, but his legs as well. And by the way, 
you aren't being Purdy's not being carried. People are like, oh, he's like Jimmy G. Jimmy G accounted for 31% of their offense when they went to the NFC Championship game. They won a game throwing six passes. Brock Purdy has accounted for 76% of their offense. He's driving the bus. He ain't being carried. Stop giving me all this nonsense about what is happening. Does he have great players around him? Absolutely. So did Joe Burrow. So did Patrick Mahomes when he walked in the league. So does Josh Allen once Diggs came in. Everybody's got good players. But the hate on what this looks like is absolute nonsense. And if Shanahan wins this Super Bowl, you you elevate him to – the Andy Reid conversation before multiple Super Bowls, right? He was 11 and 13 before Mahomes had never won a Super Bowl. Mahomes comes in the last, you know, seven years have totally changed the trajectory of Andy Reid, possibly being on the Mount Rushmore of coaches. But Shanahan gets in the conversation because of a Mr. Irrelevant elevating his offense when they need it. Because again, when they were down 17, his offense was 0 for there. This offense, the only way you can, you can compare it is to Matt Ryan's MVP season in Atlanta with Julio Jones. That's where those two compare of season comparison. And Brock Purdy just happens to not look like Matt Ryan or any other first rounder, so we're all going to take shots on him. It's a silly argument. Give the man props for where they are, and he is driving the bus, not being carried on the bus. And he's not just a manager. He elevates because they won the last two playoff games because of how he played, not because of everybody else as well. Jeff? Let's take it easy, Jeff. He's not Joe Montana. Oh, my God. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, doggy. You want me to go first, Stevie? You want me to go first? Okay. Yes, go ahead. Jeff, Jeff, against the Packers, he was awful against Green Bay. He should have had two pick sixes. He did nothing in the game. He had one nice drive where they had six completions. They went down the field. A lot of them were short stuff. Let's take it easy. Against Detroit, it was 24-7 at the half. When he scored the touchdown, the ball hit the Lion defensive back in the face mask, which should have been picked off, which set up by Uke on their first touchdown at 24-17. Listen, he, I understand he's a pretty decent player, but, I mean, he's got Ayuk, he's got Samuel, he's got a good offensive line led by Trent Williams. Obviously, he's got Kittle. He's got the best back in football all around in McCaffrey. Now, you're making him out to be some big deal. Come on. No. Against Green I, Bay, he stunk in a game. He was terrible. I he agree. was I, terrible. He had a good last drive. He was awful in that football game two weeks ago. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. So you, you bring up the point in the Detroit game that it bounces off the guy's face mask and Ayuk makes the catch, and there's some, there's some fortunate things that happen. You could go back to literally – go back to Tom Brady's 28-3 comeback win against the Falcons and watch it hit the Falcon right in the face, right in the hands, and then Edelman makes a great catch, right? Like all there – there are plays that happen that are indescribable in the NFL. It's why we love to watch it. But don't act like that doesn't happen for other quarterbacks as well. There are passes dropped, interceptions dropped for every quarterback. So don't just try to use it as a negative for one guy and all of a sudden we're we're going to say, well, this guy, don't act like it never happened for him because it happens for all of them. I, I do agree with you. He struggled early in Green Bay. So did his whole team. By the way, his defense has given up 50-plus points in two games. 
We talked about this vaunted San Francisco defense. Guess what? They didn't play that way. Did he buckle down? We gave an excuse to Dak Prescott when they give up whatever they give up and he can't bring his team back and they get these trash points in the last parts of the minutes and we're like, oh no, the de- his defense didn't show up, bro. So don't just give me that one, one-sided thing. It just doesn't work. Well, a couple of things, Jeff, Saturday. I think you're the one that's causing the problem for Purdy. Oh. Because the reality of the situation is you, you go overboard in trying to defend him. It's not necessary. He's a damn good quarterback. He's a damn good quarterback. 25-yard completions, yards per attempt, air yards thrown or 20 or more yards downfield, completion percentage on throws of 20-plus air yards. The brother can play. There's no doubt about it. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's better than any quarterback. Shanahan has had in San Francisco, and one can argue he's looked better this year than Matt Ryan looked the year he took Atlanta to the Super Bowl. It's a discussion. I don't know how definitive it is because I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm not just going by the numbers, but I'm going by a level of effectiveness and efficiency, and I'm thinking about things along those lines. I can't imagine San Francisco losing a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl with Shanahan keep throwing the football instead of running the damn football and milking the clock, but that's a different subject to it for another day. I think the issue with Purdy is that We hear the Cam Newtons of the world say what he said, and he has a right to say it because he's a former league MVP at the quarterback spot who did it with less and, oh, by the way, was asked these questions and was asked and required to do more with less than Brock Purdy is. So if you were addressing the point made by Cam Newton, then I tell you to go on all day, every day, and break it down in that regard because that's a former league MVP at the quarterback position who was saying that he was asked to do more than Brock Purdy has ever been asked to do, which is where the whole game manager subject came up. People weren't bringing up Brock Purdy as a game manager before Cam Newton went on the podcast and said what he had to say. But outside of that, Everybody else is looking at it, and Doggy makes a good point. How great did he look in Green Bay before that last drive? There was a couple of interceptions, including pick sixes that should have easily been captured by the Detroit Lions. You do have Debo. You do have IU. You do have Christian McCaffrey. You do have Kyle Shanahan calling plays. I'm not saying that's a license to dilute what we're seeing from Brock Purdy. What I'm saying is, Jeff Saturday, you know this, when you're talking about, I love your segment, by the way, when you're talking about cats being pancaked and slammed to the ground, it's a beautiful segment. Keep it going, my brother. <laughs> Keep it going. But I got to tell you, when you look at it from that perspective, and you, nobody highlights the value of an offensive line better than you, Jeff Saturday. And so look at Brock Purdy when he has a clean pocket. Look at him when he's under duress. Because maybe his height deficiency compared to other quarterbacks, maybe that's it. But when you see him sometimes, you see the way he performed against Baltimore. You see the way he performed in the playoffs for the most part. You see a couple of games. He does give you cause to pause and say, I know he could play. I know he could win. He's a gamer. The brother stepped up when it counted most and handled his business. Major props to him. He's due for a big-time payday. But when they say game manager – Probably more than that, no doubt. But in the same breath, you can't. It's not like people are not giving you reasons why they feel that way about them. 
So, so the, the, the game manager thing isn't, isn't the part that frustrates me. I think the part that frustrates me is when we start talking about him, everybody wants to compare him to Mahomes or, like Doggy just said, Joe Montana, who, by the way, had an excellent run game, had excellent receivers, an excellent tight end. He is not Joe Montana. The dude's played a year in five games. So I, I'm not trying to have a legacy conversation, but in the last year and a half, Doggy, he's played as well as everyone except – Patrick Mahomes. And I think that's the conversation that you really got to get okay. honest about is when you're looking at him, all you can value judge him on is what he's done in the time that he's played. You don't, you don't project forward. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but what I will say is he is the reason why the 49ers are where they are. He is not being carried to this success as he is doing. The carrying is my point. Well, I mean, that's a debate because CMC, Christian McCaffrey, is big time. He's the league MVP candidate, so we can debate that another day. But, Doggy, I, I want you to look uh, – changing the subject real quick before we go to break. Uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, in 10 seconds or less, would you mind explaining your wardrobe? Do you not see how I'm dressed? Do you not <laughs> see how Doggy is dressed? With yeah, the pocket I, I, square, what's up with the slippage? What's up with the slippage today? I mean, bro? some hey, some, some of us like that, that casual look. That? You know what I mean? Some of us like some of us don't want to look yeah, like yeah, put that Hall of Fame gold jacket on. You know what I mean? I'm a little understated. You know what I mean? Stephen A. Like I like to keep it smooth. And you know, I'm like me and D. D. Wood, but Woody and I kind of oh we kind of come from God. the same thing. We kind of oh sit back, take it. We ain't got to oh be about God. the flash. We let our opinions be the flash. You know what I mean? Christine. Christine, yeah. Christine, yeah. my sister, my sister Carmen just texted me. Uh huh. You leave Jeff Saturday alone. He. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. True fam. True fam. He looks good. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't don't risk it click it or ticket paid for by nitsa all right you see him there joe fortenbaugh here we'll get to his super bowl prop bets in just a second but first it's time for a quick take the knicks won again beating the grizzlies and improving their record is 19 and 6 at home but jalen brunson left in the fourth after injuring his ankle coach tibbs had no update after the game Stephen A, your thoughts You know something? Tom Thibodeau is ticking me off. Now, damn it, pay attention. I know you're 15 games over 500, damn Tom Thibodeau. I know you're an exceptional coach, damn it. Okay, I get it. And since OG Ananobi arrived, you're the number one defensive efficiency team in the National Basketball Association, okay? I get all of that. But damn it, this is the playoffs. Milwaukee's vulnerable. Philly's vulnerable. Miami's vulnerable. You only got Boston standing in your path, one could easily argue. There's a trip to the NBA Conference Finals waiting for you. I've seen what Cleveland's been doing, winning 14 of their last 15. But damn it, you were recently in a nine-game winning streak, and you won 10 of your last 11. Don't mess this up. Don't 
run your starters into the ground. Julius Randle's hurt. Mitchell Robinson's been hurt for months. OG's been out for a while. And now Brunson. Okay? Tom Thibodeau. Watch it. There's a player. Don't get us caught up in this regular season. Giving us our high hopes. Reminding us of the damn Dallas Cowboys and your nosedive in the playoffs, man. Don't do this. You protect them. You guard them. And you make sure the legs and everything else is fresh for the playoffs for all of them. I'm telling you that right now. I'm telling you. Uh, Joe Fortenbar, I want to get you in on this conversation. What are your thoughts on this? This is a real shame. You know, MVP odds move from 50 to 1 to 60 to 1. Championship odds move to 25 to 1 on par with the Lakers. I don't want to get out over my skis here, but it's almost as if someone was running their mouth so recklessly last Friday that they angered the gambling gods and now put the bad mush all over the Knicks. But I'm not one to talk. I'm not one to name names, Brick. That's not me, Brick. So so let me get this straight. I just want to make sure I'm clear. The great Joe Fortenball, who I thought was my brother, you understand what I'm saying? Formerly of Vegas, now in Bristol, vacillate back and forth, traveling back and forth between Bristol and Vegas. Did my brother Joe Fortenball who I love having on this show every week, who I defer to constantly, that my, my gambling, my personal gambling expert, did that man just come on this show, on national TV, and just call me Mush from the Bronx Tale? Is that what you just did? I Now that you say it like that, it does sound as if I said that because that's what I was going for. You mushed them. You talked about it on Friday just as they were getting hot. Is it a coincidence that you did all that talking and then they lost to the Lakers Saturday night? You got to stay. We got to stay quiet. You know something, y'all? He's Joe's right. (laughs) I don't want to be right. As a Sixers fan, I don't want to be right. All right, uh, let's make some money on the Super Bowl, Joe, shall we? You've got a Patrick Mahomes prop bet that you like. Tell us about us. All right, we're going to start slow here because I don't want Dog to have a heart attack. He's been in Vegas a few days. He wants to get to the blue light special. We want to set him up nicely. Patrick Mahomes, under 37 and a half passing attempts in this game, okay? Look at the playoff run so far. In that matchup against Miami, he threw the ball 41 times. Kansas City held the ball for damn near 35 minutes. Look at the matchup against the Ravens. 39 pass attempts. They held the ball for 37 minutes. But look at that Bills game. Only 23 pass attempts. Why? They didn't hold the ball all that long. Why? Because Buffalo can run the football. And that's what San Francisco is going to do in this game. They're going to run the football. It doesn't mean Mahomes is going to have a bad game, but his opportunities are going to be limited. We're going under 37 and a half passing attempts. Yeah, I like that one there, Joe. The only problem with it is fans don't want to bet unders. Fans <laughs> the drop bets want to bet overs. So as a result, the better bet is the over-completions of Mahomes. I don't know what it is. Was about 23, 24? That's what I like because who the heck wants to see him hand the ball off? He's Patrick Mahomes. We want to see Mahomes explode and be the immortal that he is. And you're not going to see that if he throws the ball 12 times. So I want right. over-completions for Mahomes as far as Sunday is concerned. couple of nuggets to bring up. Number one, doggy. These are quick takes from us. Joe Fortenbar does most of the talking. Type that <laughs> just a little bit. Be sure to more concise. Number two, number two, and more importantly, I'm trying to figure out how the hell did Doggy become a part of this segment because all he does is lose money. 
That's true. He loses money 90% of the time. Why is he a part of it? I agree with you, Joe. San Francisco, <laughs> minus one and a half. I got you. Okay. They are going to run the uh, football a lot. Let's keep it there in Vegas. How about another Super Bowl prop bet? All right, so let's play a touchdown prop because people love these. Debo Samuel, yes, touchdown, plus 160. Love the price here. Found the end zone in 12 times in 17 games this season, which is a great percentage, especially when you consider the fact that he missed two games. And despite the fact that he missed two games, this guy led the Niners and all those weapons in red zone targets. Kyle Shanahan's going to throw it to him. Kyle Shanahan's going to run it to him. I'm projecting around 11 touches. The Niners are projected around three and a half touchdowns. He's getting it least one. I love that price of plus 160. Yeah, the price is good, Joe. Uh, I could see that. He's Every time he touches the ball, he might even get a kickoff return. So I don't think that's a terrible one. I like that as well. Is that short enough for you, Mr. Smith? Are you okay with that? A plus one six. It is very, it, 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 it's, it's, it's very, it's very short, but I'm going to be shorter because I damn sure don't know gambling the way you two are. I'm going to go with what the hell you say because I've never understood that 160. I don't understand it. bet returns $160 in profit. Got it. Pretty straightforward there. Okay, uh, I understand that you have a special one for Mad Dog. What is that? Yeah, this is the the Joe Fortinball cocktail and gummy special. Okay? Take your gummy. Okay. Pour your cocktail. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Under 20 and a half receiving yards. Doggy, lightning is not going to strike twice here, my friend. It is not going to strike twice. He is going to line up on the right side of the field against Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Ward is the top Niners cornerback. He primarily mans the right side of the field. Why would the Chiefs send Valdez-Scantling over there? Reason? They want to free up Rasheed Rice. They're going to move Rice to the left side of the field so he can get better, more favorable matchups. Valdez-Scantling has gone over this number in only six of his last ten games, only eight targets in the playoffs. He was good to you in the championship round. He will not be good to you here. Uh, first off, the Niners secondary is overrated. Goff threw the ball all over the place. So did Love. So I'm not worried about Ward guarding anybody. Their secondary stunk in this postseason. Listen, how am I going to go against Scanling? He won me 3,500 on the last play of the game at 16 and a half over MVS. It's clouding his judgment, Stephen A. Let me it's clouding say this. his judgment. Let me- I'm going to say over. Let me tell you why, Joe. I'm going to agree with Doggy on this. You basically came on national television and called Marcus Valdez-Scantlin a bona fide scrub. How the hell you can't get 20 yards in a Super Bowl? <laughs> 20 yards? 20 yards? I mean, damn. It shouldn't be that on your professional wide receiver. How the hell you can't get 20 yards? I can understand 80, 100. 20 yards? And by the way, this, way, this is, a, it is an, a, an aside. You bringing up Ward, the hell you mean he's on the right side of the field. When you're an elite corner, Mr. Ward, you go wherever the best receiver is. You don't cover a side of the field. You go wherever that dude goes. Whatever you, whoever you got to defend against, whoever you got to go. What, you don't know how to move laterally left? You only know how to move laterally right? The hell is that? You go where the receivers go. I've never liked that. I don't understand what the hell has been going on in the modern-day NFL. If you are a corner, you think Revis was on one side of the field all the time? Don Primetime, Deion Sanders on the field one side of the time? The great Mel Blunt from back in the day, one side of the field all the time? No, you go where the top receiver is if you are the top cornerback. That's what you do. Somebody tell Ward that. 
and Shanahan and everybody else. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, Joe, great seeing you. Be sure to check out Joe's radio. Go next. Arlen Go next. This is Joe today at 12 p.m. Thank you. We'll see you later. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, it's time to check in with our angriest of all the dogs. Really drives me freaking crazy. It's my favorite thing on television. He's always blaming somebody else. Let me finish. What's the matter with that gap? That is absurd. We didn't know about the stuff. You didn't want to do it. No, what? What the? Blood pressure. Stop balling me. That's right. He may be in Vegas, but that does not mean Mad Dog isn't fired up. It's time for What Are You Mad About? Mad Dog, take it away. <laughs> hold, it, hold it. Hold it. Uh, hold here it. Here we go now. We got You're four. Not we in got, studio. We got four good You're ones. not in studio. You're not in studio, doggy. You're not in studio with the big screen, and you can mean mug in 3D to camera. <laughs> you are on the road. True performers perform even when they're not in studio. I believe in it. I in General Hospital. Let's see, pipe I, down. let's see if I can pull it off instead of rudely interrupting me <laughs> and my rhythm. Number one, the NFL going to open up next year in Brazil with the Eagles. What now? Uh, this international series in football, I can't stand it. Frankfurt, Hamburg, Berlin, London. Before you know it, they're going to play a game in Antarctica. The Eagles are going to open up next year. The Eagles, this is a huge franchise. They get eight, nine home games. You think that Philadelphia sports fan is happy today, waiting seven months to see their team play again? And they're going to play a Friday night on Labor Day weekend or Labor Day week in Brazil against the Carolina Panthers? I mean, my gosh, why does the NFL give them Dallas and take the Cowboy game away from Lincoln the Link the Merck? And put the game in Sao Paulo. Nobody cares about these stupid games except the owners who want to make a fortune. Fans in America don't care about this international.
National Series. And why doesn't my buddy Goodell run down Broad Street and say, hey, guys, Philly fans, you're going to open up next year 7,000 miles away. Oh, my God, that drives you crazy. The excuse is, well, it's perfect. They start the season there. They get nine days off. Nonsense. The fans in Philly don't like it. And that is not the right thing to do to one of the best fan base in America and stick some stupid game in the middle of nowhere that nobody cares about. Number one. <laughs> all right. All right. You know, normally I would agree with Doggy on this, but if people in America, and I can assure you a lot of them are in Philadelphia, if they love South Beach, my God, what they might feel about Brazil. I'm not sure I agree with that assessment, Doggy. I agree with you with Frankfurt, Germany. I agree with you with London, but Brazil? I don't know. All I got to say is this. Como esta? No. Como esta? Hey, doggy, I'm 100% with you. Most of us don't live in Stephen A's tax bracket, and we can't get there and back in the same day, if you know what I mean. It takes a little more planning for the average football fan to get down there and back, Stephen A. Come on. You got to be with doggy on this. The people of Philly want to see their, their, they see their team. They got plenty of time. It's February now. We the games next year. I mean, we got plenty of time. They got time. Hey, they got time. You should, they speak, you should put a big plane speak, together. They don't speak Spanish was, there, Steve. They, they don't speak Spanish. Portuguese. 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 My bad. My bad. My bad. All right, number two. All right, what's next? Number two. All right, the NFL now, they're going to do a Peacock game next year, Okay. Now, I had Clark Hunt on radio yesterday, who I love. He's a great guy. And I know uh, we'll get to Mr. Goodell and our little pal over there in a minute. But hold on now. The answers that they give you, well, our younger audience, we have all sorts of surveys that indicate that they are going to streaming. And the Dolphin Chief game this year, the younger audience attendance was superb. So essentially, we almost have to go to streaming for our business model. Now, hold on. What are we, an idiot? I got younger kids. They stream, but they're sports fans. You think they couldn't find a game on NBC, CBS, Fox, or our network if the game is there? Oh, come on. It's the football playoffs. They had $23 million for the Chief Dolphin game. The next night with the, Dolph- with the Lions against the Rams on NBC, they had $38 million. So the idea that they're doing the young audience a tremendous service by showing a game in the postseason on streaming is a bunch of freaking nonsense. They did it because the NBC people gave them $110 million for the one stupid game. So all the owners, they split the $55 million and they make a fortune. They can stay at Divination. They can stay at the Wynn Hotel. They can have their commissioner parties. This is not about little Timmy Russo, little Colin Russo, little Kira Russo. This is about making money. And next year, another postseason game is on Peacock. And their answer is, while our young fan, they stream. Nonsense! It's NFL playoff football. 110 million people are going to watch the Super Bowl. And it is not being streamed. Number two. <laughs> wow. I completely disagree with this old curmudgeon that is on the show with us right now in Mad Dog Russo. Throughout history, change has been provoked 
by the younger generation. The younger generation, as much as they love the big screen, if they had to choose between a big screen television or iPhone or their iPad or some tablet or whatever the case may be, that's what they're going to do. And by the way, here's the deal. Over 27 million people on average watch. It got over 30 million. It was the most watched game in football since the, since the Super Bowl from years earlier. And it was a wild card playoff game. The younger generation has spoken. Your old self needs to get with the times. You got children. They're telling you what to do with their actions. Follow their lead and get with the program. And by the way, don't you insult Roger Goodell like that. Don't you dare. You watch your mouth about Roger Goodell. You watch your mouth. <laughs> All right. That gets me to number three. Christine, listen to this. This guy's a complete phony. He was scheduled last night. That's not you, Jeff. That's the guy to your oh, left. I got he was you. scheduled last night to hang out with his buddies at Mad Dog Radio. I'm talking about producers, board operators. We all had a big dinner party at the greatest steakhouse in Vegas, the Golden Steer. All sorts of guys. The little guy. The person's not making a fortune. Who doesn't influence the world of politics or sports or freaking stupid soap operas. This is, this is a crew that is the blood and soul and guts of a radio station. This would be like Sam and Nick and Dave. This is like the little guys here that work for us on First Take. And so I invited him, all right, the Golden Steer. I texted him weeks ago. I invited him. He said he's coming. You know what he does to me? You know what he comes? You know what he does? Yes, Joe! And you know what he comes to? You know what he does? He goes to dinner last night at Royale's with the commissioner. Oh, Why do you think he just my. supported the Peacock thing yesterday, five seconds ago? Because Goodell must have said, hey, do me a favor. When Russo screams about Peacock, <laughs> say something about it tomorrow to make him look bad. That's all this is about. And the son of a gun who said, wow, love to go. I could have introduced him and everything else. He freaking blew me off. And I got Kira Russo there and Mama Russo there. And he didn't come because I they didn't work. Because he had dinner with with the commissioner. And I said, Steve, get out of the freaking dinner and hop into a car and come over here. I'll pay for the lousy car. That's what you want. <laughs> he said, I can't, Chris, because Roger picked me up and dropped me off. The man has become a houseman wow. for the NBA, for the NFL. He is a house organ. The man is a phony. Where is the idea of being sort of independent and not being swayed? He's going to commissioner parties and not hanging out with the Chris Russo little peer. You've never seen me do that because I hang out with the little guy and he doesn't. I am ticked off to no end. Number three. First of all, first of all, Jeff Saturday. <laughs> don't, 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 don't try I to do protect it, Stephen A. Don't I do, do it. I, I, don't. No, no. I do owe an apology to Mrs. Mad Dog Russo because. I am disappointed I couldn't get to see her. I don't give a damn about him. I'm disappointed I couldn't see her and her lovely daughter. It is true that I went to the NFL party, with the, not party, but the dinner with the commissioner and the great Curtis Martin, by the great Curtis Martin. Great person, great player, okay? That's number two. Doggy is lying on national television. A few weeks ago, he told me about the dinner. I told him I would make it if I could. But what I also said to him is that 
It does not matter because I'm going to go out with you before I leave Vegas. We still here. We're still going to go out before I leave Vegas. I never promised him I was going to be at that specific party. Also, it is jam-packed in Vegas, so there were no Uber rides that was coming to grab us to get me over to get me over to Mad Dog's party, and I couldn't ask the commissioner to drive me over there, okay? And that's what, and last but not least, I've been around for 30 years, okay? I just met Roger Goodell face-to-face one-on-one a few months ago. Me being somebody for anybody, there's a reputation that I have, I call everybody out. By the way, <laughs> if we want to really, really, really want to call me out, I am the only person that I can think of in, in modern television history that had all four commissioners on this show in the same calendar year for one-on-one interviews, and I let you join me with Rob Manfred, okay? So what, I'm housing for him too? Or Gary Bettman? Or Adam Silver? Don't be jealous. The fact of the matter is, Jeff Saturday, Doggy wished he was there, but Goodell said he asked too late. He didn't make the list. <laughs> no, no. I, listen, Doggy, I'm coming to – listen, this – this this hurts because here's the deal. We all know you you won't take no Uber. So that's first off. Stephen A ain't getting no Uber. Goodell ain't getting no Uber. That's all craziness. I'm just gonna stop right there. I'm gonna get an the, Uber. The other point. The other point is I, I actually have. I'm I'm fairly familiar with, uh, with with Roger Goodell and with Curtis Martin. Both of those do New Yorkers. If you tell them, hey, Mad Dog's got a dinner. We're going to get together. Hey, why don't you guys come with me? There's a lot of people who work for the show would love to see a Hall of Famer and the commissioner. They both Where's they going? both may have said, hey, let's ride. Hey, hey, Mad Dog will cover the dinner. But I doubt that was offered from Stephen A. He probably looked at his phone, Matt. Doggy was Curtis, like, Curtis, delete, Curtis, delete, Cur- delete. Curtis Martin was that Jeff. Curtis Martin was down <laughs> for it. Roger Goodell was laughing just to nudge a doggy. <laughs> All right, we're disappointed in That's you, terrible. but uh, i got to leave it there, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, it's time for a quick take. While speaking on a podcast, Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman said the athletic stadium plan does not make sense and that ownership should go back to the drawing board and pitch a new plan in the Bay Area. She took to social media later saying she's excited about the prospect of baseball in Vegas, but sticks to saying Oakland and the A's should try to make it work. Dog, what is your reaction to all of this? Well, first off, Oakland is, a, is lost. They're not going to Oakland. The stadium's a disaster. The city never comes up with the money. The Raiders left. The Warriors left. Forget Oakland. That's not an option. That is not an option. Number two, how does this mayor, they just made a deal with Clark County. Whether Vegas wants the A's or not, who knows whether the fan base really is that interested. But the Oak, but the Vegas mayor now, they just made a big deal. They made a big announcement. Now she gets she has a wacky remark. And then she had to take it back. Well, you know what? Maybe they can come. Very strange. But Oakland is not an option for the athletics. Stevie. Listen, you can't have possums crawling in the walls of the damn stadium and expect your team to stay intact. Oakland has lost it. City officials could blame everybody else, but a basketball, football, and now baseball team departed from you. That's on you, the city. Not the citizens, the politicians. That's number one. Number two, this mayor, damn it, that statement is so egregious, they should consider recalling and removing her from office. You ain't got nothing to do with you. You are a resident of Oakland. What the hell are you doing making a statement like that? I am in Vegas. This city is thriving. This is Sin City, baby. You got a football team here. A baseball team wants to come, and a basketball team should come. I don't know what the hell she was thinking. As far as I'm concerned, she isn't worthy of being the mayor just for that damn state. That's just ridiculous. All right, are you guys going to dinner tonight? We'll make it happen. Is it gonna I'm going to take him to dinner. Mrs. Mad Look forward to hearing about it.